What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that a Mary Braid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to merrybraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. To the two in attendance and the 20-odd folks listening around the country, are you ready? Are you ready to hustle and grind? Yeah. Thanks, Luke. Everybody, yeah, got... I'm ready to hustle. Yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. That's me, brother. <laughs> We've got our voiceover extraordinaire in the house, Luke Johnson, a crafty man forge. Luke, what's going oh, on? Not much. Excited to be here. Was hoping to get a couple of makery type things posted on the Instagram, but that didn't happen. Every time I get out to the museum there, everybody takes everything I make. So I don't get to, I didn't even get a chance to take pictures because I usually only get pictures working out there when my wife comes along and her and the kids didn't go last time. So. I got a picture of the fire starting up, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably every- where I lack the most is uh, social media documentation. Yeah. So people take so you're you're making items for the people that are visiting the I, museum. Is that making, what you mean? Uh, what what I've been doing mostly is because uh, especially for kids who come through there. I don't do anything fancy. I've basically just been taking like a couple of double headed nails. I heat them up in the forge, which people like to whack it a few times, and I turn it into a mini sword. And it just makes an awesome souvenir for the kids. Oh, cool. And But I've been changing up the style of them because, like, the the guy who originally did it, he would just make, like, a, a little long style, you know, a long sword style. And so I started playing up on that. And so now I, I, like, widen the tip so it looks like a cartoonish type long sword, you know, like with the real wide tip, almost <laughs> like uh, from Clash of Clans or something like that. And then... Uh, and then I, one guy was like, hey, could you make a katana? And I'm like, of course. And so I made a katana. Then I started making some scimitars and just a bunch of different ones. And I was hoping to get a lineup of them on the anvil with the, the nail on the end and then all the different styles that I made out of them. But didn't happen. They all disappeared before I even got a chance to take a break and grab my phone. Well, no worries. Let's let's back up just a second here and and let the customers know. Or sorry, not the customers. Jimmy Christmas. Let the listeners know exactly what it is you're talking about. So you're at a museum. Yeah. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what, well, what that? Well, Kenny looks Pioneer like. Museum, over uh, right outside the airport, actually Clear Lake Airport, between Clear Lake and Mason City, Iowa. 
And uh, they, they just got a bunch of stuff that's historically significant to the local area here. Like there were actually a series of cars that were actually built out of Mason City. And they've got one of those on hand there. And I mean, just a pretty nice little setup, your typical historical area. And uh, they like to have a live blacksmith doing demonstrations whenever they have one of their special events, which is once every month from May through September on a Sunday. And then they'll have different types of live demonstrations there. They've got people showing you how to make your own straw brooms. And uh, the one coming up uh, July 9th is going to be homemade ice cream. And so then you pay an admission, get some homemade ice cream, and they'll do root beer floats and things. They've got a cider press in the fall. and um, But they've got uh, the blacksmith shop in the back there. It's got its own building. And it's got a lot of historical aspects to it where they've got like an old wagon, like what they would have worked on in the shop and things. And it was a live shop that the guy who donated everything when he retired from being a professional blacksmith, he donated his whole shop and everything there. And then he also volunteered there until he passed away uh, more than a decade ago, I think. But um, yeah, I started That's volunteering cool. there a couple years ago and just... Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, all things considered, I think I talk a better game than I actually make, but I'm just excited about it. I like talking about the history of it and everything and swinging a hammer a bit. Nice, nice. We have a similar thing to that here. It's literally like a mile down the road from my house. It's called Leonard's mm -hmm. Mills, and it's a logging museum. But they do like, mil uh, what do they call it? Mills Days or something like that. And you can go and like make a candle or they got bean hole beans. I don't know if they have that anywhere else, but that's something we do here. And um, there's like axe throwing. You can watch a blacksmith. They, the coolest thing that I like, they have a 1800 steam train that's still functional and they put tracks on it instead of train oh, yeah. wheels. So they, dri they, they drive that around the property. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's huge. It's big. I have a blacksmith buddy who, whenever it breaks, he's the guy they call mm. to make parts for it. Yeah. Yeah. The wife's cool. trying to get me to volunteer there, but they dress goofy. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, like you see guys with like knee high leather boots on. Like, you're not like, into the rent fair stuff, man? No, I'm not. The, my wife's going to a, a Renaissance fair this summer. She bought a fucking maiden's dress and everything. She's like, you going to go? I'm like, hell no, I ain't going. <laughs> Especially not your goofy asses looking like that. <laughs> you guys are dressing like elves. I'm good. Oh, I'd totally be I'm down good. for that. I, I have no yeah. idea like how I would even put together a costume, but I would totally be down. That would be so much fun. I just want to see people. With, I, well, yeah, I do too. I probably wouldn't actually go, but it, the idea of it sounds fun. But like, have you seen videos of those guys like actually like sword fighting with like full sets of armor and they're like legit swords and like they're actually like going after it tournament style? Yeah, like uh, what's that rest? What's that restaurant? Medieval Times from the cable guy. Medieval Times. I've always wanted yeah. to go to them, but they're like the closest one's like eight hours from here. My buddy went to one uh, down south of us a ways. I, I think he was in Vegas or something like that. Um, yeah, he said it was awesome. He's walking around eating a giant turkey leg and like watching people bash each other off horses and stuff. It's like, dude, that's my favorite like part of that time. movie. 
There was no utensils in medieval times. Hence, there is no utensils at medieval times. Yet he can still get a Diet Coke. I don't know what movie you're quoting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. He goes, but you, you got Pepsi. <laughs> she's like, she's like, dude. <laughs> but Jim Carrey, that's my probably one of my favorite, most underrated Jim Carrey movies is The Cable Guy. And he, he had that scene in medieval times where they fought. And he's like, Bro! just going nuts. Yeah. When he's on the phone. I always thought about when he's on the phone because I used to work in a call center. And he's like, I'm sorry. We care a lot about your call. And he's like, I know it's really you. He's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> or uh, when he sings Jefferson Airplane at the party. You remember that part? Uh, it's not ringing a bell. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Oh. Oh. Well, you'll have to go back and yeah. watch it. I think it's Probably. on Hulu. So, Luke, back to back to you and uh, kind of introducing you to the listeners a little bit. So that's kind of what your, your side gig is for the museum. What kind of stuff do you do in your in your home? making sphere uh, i mean similar uh, you know just trying to get out there and smack some stuff around when i get a chance to it's uh i like to you know always working on tapers <laughs> when i get out there so making leave you know leaf keychains and things like that and then working on uh you know trying to get uh i i've gotten pretty good at transitioning the uh the leaves it, it's like wow these make really good spear tips it's just you know, such an easy transition to go from, yeah, this was a leaf and now it's a spear. Now I've made a tiny spear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing how, how similar all those, those forging techniques yeah. go together. And so, you know, if I don't have a, a time to actually make a, a project or something, then I'll usually just keep on practicing tapers and stuff, hammer out a few leaves and bottle openers and keychains if nothing else but that's been the tough part i'm still in the process of getting my shop all lined up the way i want it and so sometimes it's like get done at work and i walk out there and i look around i'm like nope today is a five minutes with the broom day (laughs) just trying to keep the routine of going out there and doing something but it's like some days it's just like yeah yeah. the five minutes that's all i got today (laughs) yep Like the other night, I could not bring myself to work on projects. So I worked on put hooking the stairs up to hinges. So I want the top step to be on a hinge so I can pick the stairs up with a winch <clears throat> and like and like attach them to the ceiling. So I've got that extra four feet of wall. <clears throat> so I did that the other night. But I don't think we're ever satisfied with how our shops yeah. are set up. No, no. I don't think so. Maybe some guys, not me though. Every time I think I'm, I'm like, all right, this is perfect. A week later, I'm like, man, you know what would be even better? A second drill press, and then I could put that second drill press right there next to that one and have a different size bit. And like, you know, I mean, we're always think coming up with new ways to setting up production. Do what we do. Yeah, Uh, uh, somebody asked on a Facebook group the other day what's a good size starter shop for a knife maker and you know you read through the comments some guys are like 8 by 10 some guys are like 40 by 60 and I was like we're goldfish bro 
we're going to fill whatever environment we give ourselves. So don't overthink it. My, uh, absolutely. Um, my leg vice that I got, uh, you know, looking around for them, people want even broken ones, like 300 bucks or something. And so I was trying desperately to find one. And then I found this guy who said he had just picked up a couple at some farm sale. And, uh, he's like, well, you know what, it, maybe we could trade for it. What, what have you got? And I had a hot tub taking up way too much space in the garage that hadn't been working because I got it for free from a buddy of mine that he had bought it thinking it was an easy fix, but then he left it at his parents' house and never fixed it. So they said they were going to throw it away. So he gave it to me because he didn't have any place for it at his house. And it just sat and took space in my garage. So this guy actually traded me the leg vice for the hot tub. He got a hot tub working. I got a leg vice without spending a dime. So even Steven, I love trades like that. That's so great. Ryan's a mainer. He's all about that. Yeah. Dicker. We dicker. We dicker. Mm -hmm. What you got? Well, I don't know. Come take a look. I know the more I hear about people talking about leg vices, the more I kind of feel bad about mine because I bought mine off of, I think it was off of Facebook. Yes, it was. It was Facebook marketplace or whatever. And, uh, I, I spent $50 on it and it's a Damn. good working. I mean, it's moderately antique. I wasn't able to find enough markings on it to really determine what it is or where it came from. But I mean, it's a good post vice. It's not, I mean, it's not even bent. Like the legs mm-hmm. are not even bent. Like it's, it's in good shape. The spring and everything's all there. Like all together, just so, snagged it for fifty bucks. Can you guys explain to me, as a stock removal guy, I don't forge, so I've never seen the use for a leg vice. What's the purpose of a leg vice over a regular vice? Luke, you're the guest. I'm going to let you handle sure. this one, bud. The way it was explained to me is that because of the way the jaws are set up and they go down into that leg. So if you have a piece clamped in those jaws and you start hammering on it, then instead of the force being applied where the jaws actually connect, it goes all the way down to that leg so that the force is basically disappearing before it destroys your vice. Whereas, you know, if you've got a standard bench top vice or something, then that force is going to be applied to where your jaws are connected, basically. Oh, that makes sense. Because when I beat on something in one of my regular vices, they slowly open. And you have to retighten them and then hit them yeah, some more. And, wow. and the, other oh, thing is, is be- the other thing is, because of the design of, of the jaws, essentially, you're getting a lot more force using that screw. You can actually tighten things in a leg vice tighter than you could otherwise because of the leverage that you're getting a big part of it is because of the screw length as well that you're able to tighten it faster than you normally would less rotations to get it opened and closed and so when you got a hot piece of steel you want it to go in there quick so you can let go of it as opposed to just sitting there going yep yes i've thought about welding a nut onto my vices because they take so long to close just so I can just take my impact and mm-hmm. zip up. I don't know. That's good to know. I've always wondered that. I've always been like, why are guys so obsessed with leg vices? Because they are fucking yeah. expensive. I saw one in our local marketplace. It's been on there for like two months because a guy wants like 800 bucks for it. Jeez. Yeah. That's a little overpriced. 
yeah but yeah i love the thing i use it constantly whether I, i've been so you know how i was talking about how i want to make tomahawks mm-hmm. okay so i have this stupid thing that my brain does sometimes where i know how to do something and so i think to myself oh i'm just gonna do it without realizing that, that there's gonna be like a uh a learning curve does that make you know that makes sense mm-hmm. so so yeah so i started forging tomahawks and like the first ones are crap like absolute crap that i don't even want to finish so i was planning on making a couple to take to this maker's market and i'm like you know what no i'm not I'm going to have to actually learn how to do this, unfortunately. And uh, in the meantime, I'm just going to do what I know how to do, which is making knives. So send me, me uh, knives. send me some of your junk ones. The eyes aren't even lined up with the blade. That's how bad they are. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. That's pretty bad, right? Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> I was like, I just thought that I was going to just like throw some hot steel. And I, I was reminded of this because I was using the the leg vise. Just open the jaws as far as you need for the eye to drift through because I don't have like a giant swage block that has a hole in it. So I was just using the, the post vise to hammer my my drift through. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually there's actually a skill that you have to learn to do something new, which is really freaking frustrating that I actually have to learn how to do something instead of just naturally being good at it immediately. Those but are just left-handed ones. That's where it is. Oh, yeah, there we go. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. I'll have to get a lefty around here to throw it for me and see how it works. Because I can't do that. Anyways, sorry about that little rant there. <laughs> Luke, are you interested in playing some this Ooh, or that? Always. Okay. So before I play this Ryan, music, are you thumping your leg again? Yeah. Can you hear okay. it? Yeah. I was about to yell at my kids my because bad. I thought they were banging on the ductwork up here. I was like, "What is going on?" No, it's me. I I fidget like a motherfucker. I cannot sit still. Never been able to. Um, before I played this or that, so on my files here on the board, there's a little line above it, and I assumed that that was the length of the track in like whatever the maximum space is. It turns out, I believe that's the volume. So all these quiet ads we've been doing are because I'm an idiot. So I just turned mm. it up about a quarter. So let's see how if a little bit of this and a whole lot of that. That's too loud. Fly in a submarine or swim in an airplane. Would you rather be a reindeer? Would you rather surf a wave of Kool-Aid? Or snowboard a mountain of dip and dots. Would you rather fly or be able to breathe in the water? Would you prefer the ability to stick to walls, or would you rather shoot spaghetti from your fingers? Well, yes, that was a touch on the loud side, but we're sorry about your eardrums, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna play a little bit of this and a whole lot of that with the one and only Luke Johnson of Crafty Man Forge. Are you ready, sir? Let's go for it. Would you rather deliver mail by unicycle or pogo stick? Pogo stick. Would you rather get your mail delivered by a trained squirrel or a highly intelligent parrot? Squirrel. <laughs> Would you rather deliver mail in the rain or the snow? Uh, well, I've done both. <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of it depends on how much... 
of which we're talking. You know, a nice light rain isn't too bad, but... Uh, one or the other, Luke. One or the yeah, other. You keep saying that. However... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rain, you're less likely to to die in by not being able to see anything. and So, yeah, sure, we'll go with the rain. This might be a good time to let the listeners know that uh, by day, Luke is a mail delivery man. So, just in case you were wondering why I was asking mail-related questions, that's why. M-A-I-L. Tonto blades or drop point? I, I gotta say, I like the Tonto blades. Oh, okay. Priority mail or first class? It's all the same at this point. We have we have a new type of mail that's coming out, something about ground blah 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 that's coming out July 9th. So look forward to that. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be supremely mediocre, I'm sure. It's what we strive for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, fixed blade, fixed blade or folding knives? <laughs> nice. uh, fixed blade. Uh, carving mailboxes out of cheese or sculpting knives out of butter? That's like a literal butter <laughs> knife. What the fuck? It's like hand me the butter knife. It's like here, it's a knife made of butter. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I wanted something to spread butter with. Although, you could just smear the knife on your toast. So, yeah, I'll go with the butter knife. Dual. Dual porpoise. Porpoise? Uh, a mail truck that plays the... <laughs> a mail truck that plays the ice cream truck jingle, or an anvil that sings show anvil tunes. anvil that sings show tunes. I already have too many kids gathering around the mail truck. <laughs> Using carrier pigeons to deliver mail or chimpanzees to forge knives. Hmm. What's going to make the best YouTube channel? Chimpanzees. Oh, chimpanzees. You'll have, you'll have PETA know. coming you, after you. you oh, what? There's no such thing as bad publicity, you, so. You, you could put a GoPro on the pigeons. You could put a GoPro on the chimps, too. <laughs> Forging <laughs> knives, flinging poo. That's true. That channel would have everything. God. Side note, I wish chimps weren't so unpredictable because I feel like it would be so cool to have like a chimp sidekick who like helps you do stuff because they're moderately intelligent. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, and they're super strong, but you like sneeze wrong around them one day and they fucking bite your fingers yeah, you off. You have a chimp sidekick and then one day he gives you a sidekick and you no longer exist. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, sir. That was so, a good did one. You, did you choose uh, one or the yeah, other chimps. on that one? Chimps all day. Chimps, okay. Great. Uh, would you rather deliver mail underwater or in zero gravity? Uh, I didn't think we were going to talk about that terrible tragedy, but um, yeah, zero gravity. <laughs> oh, jeez. I didn't even th think about it. Come on. Oh, jeez. All right, last one. Here we go. A mail route that goes through a haunted house or a knife-making workshop. Well, this doesn't really make that much <laughs> sense. Uh, a mail mail route that goes through a haunted house or a knife-making workshop in a carnival. You basically work in a knife-making shop in a carnival and at your museum, so that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me to put that question. Uh, yeah, I'll stupid. just go with that. Okay, well, there we go. That was easy. Thanks. 
<laughs> that was this or that. Thanks everybody for listening. And so, I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of the submersible, might as oh, well bring geez. that up. How do you guys feel about the coldness of the internet when it's come to this topic? Like, I haven't seen a single person be like, man, may they RIP. You know, everybody's like, <laughs> do you think it's because they're billionaires? Yeah. Probably. Yes. I do too. Yeah. They're like, not even humans, uh, regular people anymore. Yeah, I was just about to say that the average person has been conditioned to see people with lots of money as subhuman. Billionaire is is past lots of money. Billionaire is like you like money doesn't even exist to you anymore. Yeah, it, it's something it's like to I take a want, bath in at you, that point, like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Richie. Richie and I are working on a Scrooge McDuck tattoo for me because he he says I'm such a a miser. But do you have a vault the size of a large warehouse that you can swim through your gold doubloons? No, but I do have a small pouch of silver coins in my sock drawer. You just smack yourself <laughs> in the face of that a few at. times, and it's the same effect. <laughs> My wife makes fun of me because sometimes silver coins feel different than regular money now. So like it's a bunch of Morgan silver dollars and half dollars and shit. And I'll pull them out and I'll just like roll them in my hand and pre- pretend like I'm a like Scroogey McDuck type character or Mr. Krabs. <laughs> money, 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 money. Because silver coins, they feel different. They sound different. They have a different like, you know, so I'm like, yes, I need I more. Would- I wouldn't know. I definitely don't have any silver coins and I don't keep them in my sock drawer, even if I did have some. I will trade knives for precious metals. Oh, they're after me. Lucky yeah, I will too. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody out there listening wants my sh- one of my chef knives, but doesn't want to pay the money, if you've got silver or gold, a bumble's bounce, silver and gold. Yar. <laughs> who, who yeah. <laughs> yeah i haven't really advertised it but i definitely will accept silver or, or gold for my uh for my knives so yeah or if you're local guns because you can't i don't think i could get one shipped to me maybe i could if it went to an ffl but that'd be yeah that's too much trouble i don't know if i would accept a gun for a knife that's what i said only locally yeah, uh, it would only have to be somebody like locally, and they have to not look like a meth addict. Well, who who else do you expect to yeah. bring a gun to yeah, a knife fight? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, a knife purchase. It's different. We're having a knife fight. Well, I brought this gun. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'll trade you. <laughs> okay, this is kind of a fun, funny story. So my, uh, I'm going to tell the story, and then we're going to do an ad right after this. Um, so my mom works in a jewelry store and she's kind of stocking one of the cases or something like that. And the owner of the store says, Hey, what's that guy out there holding? She looks out and there's a guy standing, not like directly in front of, but like kind of on this, the whole, the whole store is like glass on the outside. Right. And there's a dude standing out there with a, holding a gun. And she's like, uh, that's a gun. Like what? He's not like coming in the store with a gun, but he's just like standing outside with a gun. 
and he's like talking to another guy. And so they're not sure what's going on. So they, they called the cops because there's a dude standing outside a jewelry store holding a gun. And uh, long story short, uh, yeah, they were doing a weapons sale. Yeah, you fucking tyrants. What's wrong with that guy standing out there holding a the gun? He ain't hurting nobody. In front of a jewelry store. Of all the places to do a gun trade. Come on, man. That's, it co- was safe. that's coincidental. It's like nobody's bothering uh, us in front of this jewelry like do- store so we can we can trade our guns in peace. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, like you know, I I I'll I'll meet if I'm meeting somebody to buy a gun, like I would probably want it to be in a fairly public location so that you know like everything was on the up and up. But I don't think I'd choose in front of a jewelry store. I bought an AK stand on the sidewalk. The, I bought an AK forty seven in the Walmart parking lot one day. See, that's acceptable. That's the Walmart parking lot. That's exactly where you expect like a gun trade or a gun buy to happen. Is in a Walmart parking lot. And the funniest part was is it's so normal here that everybody walking around the parking lot didn't even like give us a second look. I'm like standing there. I'm like racking the slide, looking in the barrel, and like I'm like, yeah. okay, here's the here's the money. And everybody's like, do do nice, nice gun. <laughs> I miss that there, gun. There, there, there are people listening to this going, "What? What the fuck?" Yeah. If you've never shot an AK-47, it's highly, highly it like suggested. They're so fun. Wear hearing protection. They're loud, loud. I was I've shooting him in a. I was shooting it in a hayfield in the pouring rain. And like my brother bought an MP5 that same day and we were taking him out to play with him. And he's like trying to cover his and like keep the water off it. And I've got mine open, action open, mag in it, filling with water on the table. And I pick it up and the water's running out the bottom of the magazine. And I just rack it and start shooting and it's fucking flawless. I'm like, that's why I got this because I, I don't take care of shit sometimes. <laughs> So it's perfect for you. Yeah, the, I sold it a while ago, but the legends are true. They're just too a expensive legend. to shoot. Every time I shot it, all I heard was cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. You know, it was at the time when I had it, it was $30 to fill a magazine. What? Yeah, for 7.62 by 39, which is the ammo. At that time, I think Obizi was in office. Oh. It, was thir- it was 30 bucks to fill a magazine. I was going to say, currently it's about $10. Yeah, yeah. I'd buy another one. They're fucking hmm. awesome. And you could see the shockwave in the grass, in the hayfield. It was just super cool. Glorious. 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 Clack, 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 clack. Yep. All right. Well, hey, we should probably hear from one of our sponsors. Maybe uh, Maritime Knife Supply. Sure. Sure. Should we talk about our up-and-coming new sponsor now, or you want to wait? Oh, uh, let's wait. Okay. Here, let's turn this ad up, too. Wrong way. Wrong way. Right there. Hustle & Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. That's Whether you're you. looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Thanks, Luke. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's you. 
<laughs> Noah disappeared. I don't know where he went. We can talk about guns more. I love guns. How are the gun laws there in uh, Iowa? I couldn't tell you. I haven't owned a gun since I moved here. I mean, I don't have anything no. against them in particular. I just, I haven't done any hunting. I mean, it's like cornfields and a couple yeah. of small personal forests. <laughs> so the most deer I've gotten are just yeah. on my car. I think, so. I think uh, love for guns also comes from an ability to shoot them often. And I have a shooting range 400 yards behind my house in the woods. Like, it's not mine. It's my neighbor's. Yeah. But I can use it whenever. So it's like, I don't have to pay to go to a range. I don't have to drive anywhere. I can walk back there. Um, so I think that helps too. And your I'm local jealous. laws help. The local laws definitely help. Depends I mean, on where you I'm live. thinking here in Iowa, we're probably, uh, you know, fairly open as far as that goes. Seems that way. Yeah. Like, like. Uh, we were, I was listening to, I think it was fire and steel and they were talking about like carrying guns and open carry and things yeah. like that. And like, it, it's, it's, it is strange because concealed carry is way more illegal than open carry, but open carry would be more upsetting to people who aren't comfortable mm -hmm. with guns. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a store, you're a little sketched out by firearms and you see a dude fucking with like a dirty hairy on his hip. Well, what you know, what is more, let's do a little bit of this or that. What what would you rather see, you know, if some sketchy person comes walking past you with, a, you know, a small handgun on their belt or this dude walks past you and he has like giant throwing knives, like he's got like six of them on each leg, <laughs> which is more concerning. <laughs> the knives, I think. Yeah, I kind of agree. Yes, you know, I, I agree. You see a gun on somebody's hip, yeah. you're like, oh, they've got a gun. You see a guy walking around with a big stack of knives, it's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a statistic in Maine that you're no more than like, like 40 feet away from somebody carrying, like when you're in public here. They said it's like one in four people. Or carrying because can you don't need a permit here to conceal carry. Oh, we're really? I didn't know that. Yeah, we're a constitutional carry state. So the only stipulations with it are you can't go into a federal building, you can't consume alcohol while you're carrying. And if you're pulled over by the police, that's the first thing you have to disclose to them. I'm I am carrying this is the type of weapon and this is where it is on my person. Right. And usually, like, if you're driving, the cop will have you take it out of the holster and set it on the dash. Or give it to him and he'll set it on the roof of the car. And then, you know, here's your ticket, here's your warning, here's your gun back. Have a nice day. See? It's so polite when everyone has a gun. Right. Yeah. It's An cheesy. armed society is a polite society. We're going to lose a couple listeners for this conversation, but... No. Oh. Yeah. Fodder. Well, anyways... Fodder. Let's play some fake news then. Okay, because that's way better. <laughs> I love gun talk. Oh, I still haven't uploaded the fake news file. I suck. Luke, give us a fake news intro. Fake Quick. news, fake news, fake news. 
I'm going to clip that and that'll be the one thing I want. Perfect. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to play some fake news. I have three stories in front of me that have been submitted by you lovely listeners. Ryan, Luke, and all of you people at home get to guess which one of the three is satire, made up, false, facade, unbelievable. We begin. Florida man admitted to hospital had toy horse stuck up rectum. Ooh. Man steals backhoe and drives 10 miles to Illinois airport to catch flight. And lastly, Florida man calling himself, quote, the saint threatened to unleash his army of turtles to destroy town. Yeah, I'm going with the last one. Yeah. Really? I mean, no, no discussion. That's it. You guys yeah, just turtles. Boom. Turtles are bitches, dude. They're not. Who's gonna have an army of turtles? And even even Saint, if somebody does, Saint is who's gonna, gonna, gonna care. Right. Wrong or right? Final That's answer. Our answer. So. <laughs> yeah. Turtles are bitches. The Ninja Turtles were a fictional idea. Yeah, and look what happened to their trainer. Well, I just, mean, Ryan took them out. Yeah, I, I smoked Master Shredder in like an hour, and I don't even hunt. I feel bad about killing stuff. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you guys are incorrect. That was, oh. that was, I mean, we don't mind. Turtles might not be over on, you know, turtles might not be, you know, destructive or threatening by themselves, but that doesn't mean that a crazy Florida man can't threaten a town with them. I guess so, all you got to do is flip them over. I don't see. I should have read this story because when, when we do fake news, I just read the headlines. I don't I don't, you know, go as deep into it as when we do like the where in the world is Florida man. But, uh, yeah, I'm actually curious about this now. So, anyways, the Florida man admitted to the hospital with a toy horse stuck in his rectum was, in fact, the fake story. And the reason it probably didn't sound that fake is because it was originally sent to me by Neil Warren. And it originally read that he was admitted to the hospital with 27 toy horses stuck up in his rectum and that his Uh, condition was listed as stable. Yeah, 27 toy horses. That seems worse than nine iPhones, even. Yeah, so that's what that's why I had to tone it down, because if I did, if I read it as 27, Ryan would have been like, Ryan seems to be an expert as far as like what can fit into a rectum. Yeah. So like <laughs> he's always the first one to call that out when whenever there's a story involving that. So it was, I had, it was vagina last time, not okay, rectum. I, Thank you very or, much. Orifices, shall we say then? Uh, so anyways, yes, uh, the fake story was uh, submitted by Neil Warren and others. I, I had this one sent to me multiple times, but Neil was just the last, and it reminded me to actually put it in the show, so thank you. Uh, the backhoe driven 10 miles to the airport was sent in by David Burke from LSE. <laughs> and the saint, the one that fooled both of you guys, was sent in by our very own Brian Hunt from Hidden Rose Forge. So thank you, gentlemen, for contributing to the show. Uh- if that guy had been real and wanted to shove 27 horses up there, do you think his, what is his favorite song? Like wild horses couldn't pull me away or. Wild <laughs> <I was> thinking... horses. <laughs> I was thinking more like 
the My Little Pony theme song or something like that. Friendship is magic. <laughs> I don't even know what that sounds like. I mean, that seemed totally feasible to me. The only thing that threw me off on it is the shape of a toy, toy horse. Oh, yeah. Like, that'd be awful. How logistically, that doesn't add up. Yeah, but have yeah, you but read some of those emergency room I reports? Thought- a lot of that stuff don't add up. Especially yeah. their excuses. Oh, we should ask. <laughs> I just tripped and I ended up with this uh, doorknob stuck up there. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> we had a that news story of the guy putting the butt plug that had the metal core in it up his ass during an MRI. And it fucking like railgunned it into his chest cavity. At the speed of sound. That's rough. Ouch. Sonic boom. Uh, ouch. Uh, Brian Henningkamp was supposed to be on, but we got to reschedule him. Um, He runs an ER in like Seattle. So maybe he's the guy to ask about like horror stories of butt stuff that he's seen. Yeah, but wouldn't that be like a HIPAA violation? Not if you give out. Yeah, I guess it could. Don't give out their names. (laughs) You just say this happened one day. And he probably knows stories of other ERs, too. It's not like. He probably talks to other people. That's true. That's a yeah. good point. I'm sure there's a couple things he can tell us. I mean, as many stories as I've heard about yeah. ERs, and I've never worked in one, so. I have some interesting airline stories. That's a fair so point. That was there were a few different ones there. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I did, bet. Did, aren't you the one that sent me that one about the uh, the passenger found in yeah. the... Uh, the They uh, crashed their little plane. Oh, what was it there? Passenger and was, they didn't seem to be wearing their clothes when they were, seat. before they got all burnt up. They didn't appear to be wearing their clothes properly, and they were both sharing the same seat. <laughs> yes. Well, at least they went out doing what they loved. Learning to fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a riot. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's, let's hear about what y'all have been doing in your shops this week. Let's do a little bit of uh, talking about knives. Provided you've um, worked on knives, I guess. I don't know. I have. I was up super late last night working on stuff. What were you doing? I ground out. I finished the two Magna Cut Diamond Grind, like Big Brother, Little Brother Blades. Oh, yeah. And I got the handle material almost ready to glue on. Uh, doing a red, white, and blue theme for America. Ooh, America. And, I like it. And the, and the blue is Rob's Wildwood. Oh, I love Rob. The customer saw his post and was like, can we just change the handle up completely? And I just ordered these and have them sent to you. And I was like, yeah, easy peasy. That's easy. That's way easier for me. Sweet. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. The first time I've gotten to handle Rob's wood. Oh, really? It's, it's exceptional. It's very nice stuff. Have you, did you go to his booth at Blade? Yeah, I saw his stuff in person, but it's it's different when you're at Blade, I think. Oh, okay. Then when you like can sit down in your shop and like hold them in your hand and like examine them, you know what I mean? Blade is like I almost felt like rushed when I was at tables because I didn't want to be that guy that's like preventing them from getting a sale when I know I'm probably not going to buy anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Trying to be a courteous guy. Yeah. The one thing that I will say, okay, so Rob always I mean, obviously we know Rob has exceptional stuff. The one thing that I notice about Rob's versus, well, I'm not bad mouthing anybody here, but sometimes people will sell stuff that's not entirely finished so that they can sell it to you for 
cheaper, right? Because they, they don't spend as much time sanding it and squaring it up and everything. Then That's what I do. You can, yeah. And so I'll get like drop offs. Like uh, I'm doing an integral right now and I got this chunk that I got from Sharky that he was just selling some short ones. And I'm like, well, that short one's going to be perfect for an integral because I don't need a full length block for an integral. And so I bought a few of those off of him. And I had to do a little bit of squaring up and finish work before I could get it on the knife. Rob's stuff is freaking set, dialed in, squared up, ready to go, perfect every single time. Yeah, I didn't have to flatten the scales at all. No. all I, he puts like, he, he buffs them or something like that, and the side that he buffed is what I wanted to use against the tang, so I just had to take that off. But other than that, yeah. they were they were perfectly flat. Yeah. Absolutely. Luke, what have you been doing this week, man? You've been doing any work in your shop at home or I mean, you just you, you talked to us a little bit about some making some mini swords. Yeah, I've barely gotten to do much in there. But one of the projects that I've got coming up is I want to try and get uh, the temperature control on my forge so that I can do that Damascus build along or the Damasteel rather. Yeah. And because uh, that stuff is from I haven't worked with it yet, but I've got the piece waiting on it, and it's pretty finicky to work on. Like, if you get it up over 2,100 degrees, it'll uh, decide to crumble on you, is my understanding. Oh. Gotcha. So you're going to forge it? That's what it? I'm hoping to do. That was, uh, I know, uh, because, yeah, Brigham had wanted to forge it, too, and he and I had been chatting about it on Instagram a bit there, and then um, he ended up... Uh, kind of veering away from that i think and he just did stock removal on his but i'm still a glutton for punishment and i'm planning on trying to forge it out make it a little bigger make it into you know a decent sized chef knife nice nice so are you getting like a k-type thermocouple or something like that to try and monitor the temperature in your forge and i'm probably going to treat it similar to how you'd a heat treat out of the forge with a big piece of square tube in there to act as just a little mm-hmm. containing oven inside and help moderate the temperature that way without uh, keep it a little yeah, bit more even. I just got the single burner in there, that little Mr. Volcano. I do have another forge that I'm gotcha. uh, okay. going to build. It's got a big hunk of uh, a steel pipe that a buddy of mine found for me. And I bought uh, one of the burners from David Lish. And he does most of his oh, nice. uh, Damascus with just that single burner, the burners that he made, you know, regular Venturi style. And uh, yeah, it he gets up to good temperatures in that too. So I'm figuring that would uh, that would do the trick. I need to do quite a bit of work to get that going though. But I've got all all the parts and everything that I need. I, you know, I bought some KO wool and I've got a bunch of extra satanite and just a matter of time. That was kind of why I, you know, went ahead and just bought that 2x48 Ameribraid as opposed to, you know, the different uh, kit options and things that I could have done because it's like just one less project that I have to, you know, build something before I can use it. It's like, no, this one I can just use. (laughs) So, Yep. Plug and play right out of the box. Have you used that thing much? I I got it out there in the garage. I haven't, haven't had a chance to do much with it. I got the chance gotcha. to look at one at blade and like actually like finger it, you know what I mean? And like touch it and look it over and they look fucking sick. That is such a, a slick setup, like how you can change the top wheel 
with just adding different small wheels to yep. get that radius. Like, yeah, that's perfect for like a little in the corner shop grinder. And a big thing was yeah, just, I was... Uh, you know, I was sending everybody the videos of me just running that uh, speed controller on there and just ramping it up and then turning it down. And I just got several people going, yours is so quiet. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's the way it came. Yeah, man. I, I was talking to Kevin the other day and I was like, man, I almost feel like getting one of those as as a second grinder in my shop. You know, like I have another two by 72 that I plan on setting up, but it's like, man, that'd be so cool just to have that little thing that wouldn't take up that much space, you know, and just plug and play. Like, I don't even have to worry about it. Just set it up and running. That's what I mean. It's such a cool little setup that yeah. they designed that has it's so versatile for what yeah. it is. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way to add an extra wheel to make it a 72 for guys who don't want to buy two types of belts. Like an idler that you could just wrap it around. I mean, you probably could, but honestly, I think it might be more trouble than it's worth. Because I was looking at that when I first got it. I, even though it didn't say anywhere, I was under the impression that it would tilt and go horizontal. But it doesn't. It's just vertical, mm. which is fine. You know, for what it is, it's still a ridiculous deal. You know, especially when you use Hustle 100. It's uh, and um, but yeah, that was one of the things that leaned me really into getting that one is because I'm like, it's not something I'm going to be looking at selling, even when I get around to getting a two by seventy two. It's just going to be, then I'll have both. <laughs> so, yeah. Check their website because their regular 2x72 grinder, the Fastback, it's a separate bracket that goes on the bottom to make it tilt. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's the I, same bracket for both. I don't believe it is. I believe it's it's a, an entirely different system. It's all self-contained. And the way uh, that they have it, the, the way they have it designed is it's actually fairly enclosed as opposed to the 2x72. So I don't think that would yeah. be an option. But either way. Oh, yeah. It's it's a great machine, and I mean the whole thing about it being the reason they call it the trident because it's got the the three main parts that are working together that you you'll be able to get out of it. You know, I can't remember what they specifically mention as the three, but I know there's three of them, and that's why they call it the trident. <laughs> so the thing I liked about it is it's not like the platen's not on a mm-hmm. tooling arm, so there's there's nothing to hit when you go around the left yeah. side. So I was looking at it. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's open on that side. That's like the main flaw in most grinders is that you can't pivot. There's not enough space on the left side of the platen. Um, yeah, that seems to be with, like everybody. But yeah, I can't wait to get to No, What are you doing? Trying to find out what the three things are, because I can't remember either. I know it's the contact wheel, uh, small wheel and flat platen. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Thank you. Right. Appreciate that. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> but yeah, getting that was part of uh, what do you say? You know where I'm trying to uh, start ramping things up. I've still got I've got to get busy making knives because my hope was that after I got that, I would start averaging at least a knife a month. And I'm about two knives behind at this point. So <laughs> right on, man. Well, It'll yeah. get there. But like I told Noah the other day, I finally gave and birth that- to my business. So. Crafty Man Industries has been born. Oh, nice. Congratulations, sir. That is nice. awesome. I feel like right I should on. look into an LLC. I see a lot of guys with LLCs and I'm like, am I doing this wrong? Should I fucking have one of those? I don't know enough about it to know 
if I should do it or not. Well, luckily for you, Brian House is coming to your rescue based on what he was saying on their podcast the other day about Housemaid University. I saw that. Yeah, man. He got me all fired up like first thing in the morning. He was all talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. I want to learn. I want to do this. Like, this is this is what I'm talking about. You know, like, man, it's really similar to that million dollar idea I had three months ago, four months ago. You remember that? I said we should consolidate all the information into one easy to get place. You know what? He's he's, he's probably ripping you off if you think about it. <laughs> Except his idea is it's, it'll mostly kidding. be free. So yeah, that's what he was talking about. But yeah, which is awesome, and it is something that is needed in the community because there's like there's a lot of good information around. There's a lot of shit information around too, and there's a lot of guys who like just blab off on facebook when they've never made a knife and yeah, yeah. well and, and i think the main thing that he, he was talking about was the fact that most of us himself excluded are free spirits and we're not necessarily business people and i fall into that category um, me too so the fact that you've got somebody like brian house that is such an inspirational figure that's going out there and trying to help those of us along that don't know what we're doing is freaking awesome. And I love it. And I mean, like he said, so. when he started out with his computer business, he wasn't a business person. Then, uh, you know, it's a lot of what has rocketed him forward with the grinder business. And then, you know, the other things going with housemate industries is the fact that he had learned a lot about running the business there and then was able to carry that forward. But, you know, it's still a constant learning process for all of us. It's, that was, yeah, for sure. It seems like uh, the natural progression of stuff. Like as you get into something, you like slowly learn things about it, even if it's like, you know, unconscious. You're not meaning to. You you start to know more and more and more and more and more, and it snowballs. Um, when you've been going as long as Brian has as an entrepreneur, I mean, if he was 20 years in and he didn't know how to set up an LLC, then I'd probably have some questions. Yeah. <laughs> But, for sure man well um, hey let's uh let's hear from our sponsor uh phoenix abrasives and then i want to talk about my week a little bit and then we can close out the show uh talking about our newest sponsor after that how's that sound sure Re- real quick i wanted to bring up something oh okay uh so speaking of bad information on the internet so mm-hmm. i was on a facebook group the other day it's not a common one i think it's one for chefs um and a guy posted a picture of a handmade hidden tang wasp style chef knife with the tang broken off. And here comes the flood of fucking keyboard warriors. Oh my God. Fucking bad heat treat. This and that. Obviously something went wrong. Either he did something he wasn't supposed to, or the knife was flawed. But then I see this one guy on there talking about his first comment was, it's a real Japanese knife is always full tang. Mm. And, and when I read that, I like instantly that meme popped into my head with a guy going, you sure about that? You sure, you about, sure that? about that? You sure about that? Like that's the first thing I thought of because traditionally Japanese knives are was style hidden tangs because they deem the handle to be disposable. I didn't correct him. I don't have time to 
engage on in Facebook banter. I don't ever bother either. But yeah, but I I do feel like he was wrong. I think we established that just now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he also said something. Uh, he goes, "Every one of my knives hit sixty five Rockwell." And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Even your Damascus, where half of the steel isn't even capable of hitting 65 Rockwell? Hey, all of, all of my steel hits 65 Rockwell, too, right after the quench. And then it goes right back down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not finishing off a, a knife at 65 Rockwell because I don't want to deal with the potential for chips. So, yeah, mine, I briefly... Mine- I briefly scrolled on his page and he didn't have any knives posted that he had ever made. They and it just shattered. annoyed me because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just annoyed me because how many people who were coming up and trying to learn what we do are going to see that and think that that's factual information and go off of it or go off of even worse information. You but... know? I mean. Well, I think I think the comforting thing that you have to think about is that that one guy is is there. But think about all the good people in the industry that we talk about, all the awesome people that are part of the knife community that are willing to share information and that are going to quickly dissuade anyone who's new to knife making from thinking that that guy has any credibility. Yeah, a a simple Google search could have proved him wrong on at least his Japanese statement. Well, and that's the Um, thing, you know, with any of this stuff, it. When we're all learning, I, I always go with trust, but verify. You know, we we each have a responsibility to do our own due diligence. That's even like uh, I was chatting with Brian yeah. the house the other day because um, they made that comment about AI in the show. And so I said, yeah, AI is awesome as a tool, but, it you know, it's not your best friend. And yeah, I have an awesome sticker that was designed mm-hmm. on AI. But then if you look at the movie posters we're doing for the Brodown Showdown, those could not be generated from AI. Like Richie has to go in and make those by hand on whatever he, he's he pays for all the expensive programs because he uses them. But so I don't know what he's using, but what? Yeah. That's actually I what know. I was going to recommend when you were it's talking tough. about an LLC and stuff. That's what I did to set up my business is I just talked to this AI program and it uh, that's what it's good for is it does all of the Google searches for you so that you don't have to do all of them and compare them. It's like just simple scripts like, okay, compare these different programs. I ended up going with Zen Business to go through and they like did all kinds of pros and cons comparisons they're like zen business can be a little bit more expensive in these respects but they handle all of this for you as well and that makes it worth it and you know just stuff like that it's an awesome tool and you know like brian was saying he he was like we wrote up all of these you know non-disclosure agreements and things like that boom they're just spit them right out and people sign them and then we got to work in the foundry (laughs) Yeah, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of areas. It scares the shit out of me in a lot of other areas, though. Like like military practices and like some of the like failed AI experiments that they've attempted, like where they've they've done like mock fake scenarios and like the AI will start to kill its leadership because the leadership is preventing it from completing its yeah. mission type deal. And- 
that's the that's main, scary shit. Yeah. That's Skynet. That, that's always been the main thing to worry about as far as AI goes. It's not that it's actually intelligent or anything along those lines. It's like if you give it too many abilities within its programming that the example I always remember is they said, okay, you set up this uh, robotic factory that has access to the internet and everything, and they're supposed to make paper clips. And they're supposed to make, just continue, and somebody forgets to say how many paper clips, and so all they're going to do is use everything at their disposal to just make paper clips forever and ever and ever, until finally they have laid waste to the earth and are just making paper clips. They've killed everyone, and, but they're using everything at their disposal to just keep on pumping out paper clips, even though there's no civilization left to use the paper clips for anything. Could you imagine if that's what does us in? Is fucking one factory in like Moscow or Siberia making paper clips? It just goes nuts, takes us out. Sounds fitting. Harvests all of our blade steel for paper clips. Oh, no, that would make me sad. Yeah. But anyways, let's get into Phoenix Abrasives. Another ad voiced by our guest today, Mr. Luke Johnson. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. Every day? Check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Thanks, Luke. You're Thanks, welcome, Luke. Guys. <laughs> I've actually been using some Phoenix abrasives recently. I actually, I actually feel like a knife maker again. Not that I, not that I ever stopped being a knife maker, but like I wasn't making a whole lot of knives there for a while, and I was kind of focused on some bigger projects like that fox feather Damascus and whatnot. And then uh, I've been looking forward to. Uh, going to the uh, maker's markets that I usually attend in the summertime here in Eniat. And so I had a few knives that I, I mean, I've had these knives on my website for a while. I have not been promoting them just because I figured that they would be good for having on my table at the uh, maker's market. So I wasn't trying to sell them at all. So I woke up uh, on Saturday to a text um, from somebody that wanted to come buy them. All of them. Um, so I was like, that's great. Great. It's great. Okay. So this lady came over to my shop, wonderful lady, and she bought every single knife that I had available, not just the set. So I now have zero knives to sell at the maker's market, which is next Saturday. So, uh, this is being recorded on Sunday. So literally a week from when she bought them, I had zero knives to sell at this maker's market. Um, and not like it's a huge deal. Like, it's not like I have to go to the maker's market, but um, I don't, I don't want to sound like a tool. So never mind. Anyways, um, they put, okay, without me knowing, while I was at Blade, they put an ad on TV, the local news channel, for the maker's market. And they talked about me on this, interview that they did and they showed pictures of my knives 
on the TV without me even like having any idea. Like they just like must have grabbed them off my website or something. I have no clue. And uh, so, yeah, so I was actually at Blade when I found out about this and like my wife sent me a clip of it and I was like, oh, okay. So I kind of feel like a little bit of pressure to like actually be at the the next maker's market because the last one happened while I was at Blade. So anyways, you you probably definitely should. I kind of feel like I should show up based on the fact that they said on the local news channel that I was going to be there. Um, So anyways, I just didn't want to sound like a tool because whatever. Anyways. So then I had zero knives. So I've been like making knives for like the last 16 hours straight with like a quick, quick break to sleep. I was out in the shop at 5 a.m. this morning, like trying to get stuff done. I currently like I, I tossed 14 knives into the tempering oven before I sat down to do this podcast. And I have three heat treated and ready to glue up on the bench. Hell yeah. Yeah. Get up some. Knives and I'm gonna sharpen the knives and I'm gonna bring the knives. Let's go, brother. Make that money. Sorry, the the facial you did really good. It wasn't just the voice, man. You had like the motions and everything. That was good. You gotta fucking you gotta stretch your neck out. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, so yeah, so uh, Phoenix abrasives. Those. Red Ferraris. I don't know how many other guys do this. Okay. But when I'm doing like a stock removal knife, cause I had to make some stock removal knives. I got a couple forged ones, but uh, I had to make some stock removal knives cause I had to get some stuff done fast. Don't uh, say it like that. You say it like they're inferior. You're like, sorry guys. I had to make some stock removal knives. <laughs> I had to make stock removal knives cause they're faster no. and more efficient. I have said for a long time, and I have admitted that about 50% of the knives that I make are stock removal knives. It's it's called any at River Forge, but only about half of them are forged. So it should be called any at River Half Forge. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't trying to put you down there, buddy. I wasn't. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm Ben Butlering the fuck Shut out up, of man. you right now. <laughs> All right. So anyways, so I don't know how many other guys do this, but I have this this beautiful little scribe that uh, was sent to me by Spruce Hill Studios. And I know I've talked about it before, but I didn't ever used to center scribe my my blades. And especially when you're doing stock removal knives, it's so much easier to keep that centered. And so I have I used to always grind edge down. And when I got my Amera braid, I couldn't do that anymore because of the situation, the situation of the platen vertically. So I have completely relearned how to freehand grind, not completely, but for the most part. And so now I grind edge up. But as you guys will know, when you go edge up on a square stock, you're shearing a lot of that abrasives off if you're grinding a bevel with that uh, with the edge up, right? Mm-hmm. So what I started doing, and I made a reel about this a while ago. I don't know how many people actually saw it though, because the algorithm sucks. So what I've started doing is I'll get my center line scribed, and then I'll go off a used thirty-six grit belt, like a belt that I've been using for like profiling. If you're like grinding off out the shape of a knife, like you don't want to use a new belt for that. So I use an old belt for that. Well, I use that same old belt to cut off a 45 degree angle all the way down the edge, like up to that center scribe line. 
not grinding it to zero, but grinding it up to where the, the center scribe is ground in, which is just a few thousands on both sides. And then you have that bevel on the top of that blade at a 45 degree angle. And then you can switch out to a fresh 36 grit belt, grind your bevels edge up both sides. And you don't have to worry about losing all that fresh, new, juicy abrasives. And it has been way easier for me to grind my bevels that way. It allows me to keep a lot more control over where the where the belt is and how it's laying on the blade because of the way that I'm looking at it. So anyways, just wanted to share that little tidbit of uh, things that I've been not learning, but honing definitely honing that skill um because it's still fairly new to me but i've i mean i ground so many freaking blades this weekend that uh, i think i've got it down now yeah that's how i do it i use the true tilt to break my 90s oh do you okay yeah nice so that way i get because that line you need that line to be perfectly straight so i use my true tilt and i can just watch the line and mm-hmm. make it perfectly straight i saw a grinding technique the other day that i thought was bonkers and the guy, gets, the guy gets crazy good results with it. I can't remember his name. It's like Spaniard something. He's over in Spain. But so like, you know how we're all better pulling from either our left or our right side, depending on which is our dominant hand. So if he's right handed, he pulls to the right with his right hand with bevel up. And then he flips the blade over and goes bevel down on the opposite side so that he doesn't have to draw from the left hand, the left side. Okay, so that's uh, what I used to do. Uh, before I got my mirror braid, that's how I was grinding, but I couldn't do it anymore uh, because the the platen is at a different angle or a different height, so I had to stop doing that. And I would struggle getting my grinds consistent, and so I'm much happier now that I've switched. Yeah. I have better results on my right hand than my left. So I'll do the left side first and then I can match it better with my right side. So you're grinding the whole bevel all, all on one side. Mm-hmm. And don't you grind post heat treat? Yeah. Don't you have warping issues? Nope. Really? I dunk every, I dunk every pass. Okay. I well, make, I make a fucking mess, bro. <laughs> yeah. I had water running down my floor under my wall yesterday after grinding those two chef knives out. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, because I'm because I'm in the bucket and then I just slop it out of the bucket and keep grinding. Um, but I do one full side, then I match the other side as close as I can. Sometimes I have to flip back and forth to even everything out. Um, but it, I found it's way more cost. It's way more time effective because you're just doing the one side. You get it how you like it. And then all you have to do is match the other side. Whereas when you're going back and forth, you're matching each time. So you're like, mm. you know what I mean? Okay. That's just how I do it. But no, I've never had a warping issue. Um, I know what you mean, though. Like it, like some guys, if they grind one side at a time, their blade will start to curl to that side. Yeah, and I had that I th- issue not too long ago. I think that's from getting it too hot. Hmm. 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 I, right. I also step grind, too. And that might have something to do with it. Step so, grind? Step grind. So, you know, right where, like, uh, your plunge line would be, I push my plunge line all the way to where I want it first. 
and then I'll, I'll move down the blade a little bit and get it close and then close, close, close up to the tip. And that's when I start pulling through and evening everything out. You're a madman. What do you mean? I've never heard of anyone doing that before. I I just come up with ways that work for me and get like I like, you know, I like crisp lines. That's why I use uh shallower radius than other guys on my diamond grinds and S grinds. I like that crisp line. Um but like I used to I used to wrap my fingers around the platen to pinch I've, the blade. I've, I've heard many times. Yeah, and I'm Jason Hartwell guilted me into stopping that, which I'm glad he did, because if I was having remember when I had that, that, <laughs> uh, sh- that strut that was too long. So I was breaking belts every other day. Yeah, dude, I couldn't imagine having my hands wrapped around that plat and snapping a 36 at 100. Hmm. That'd be oh. a bad day. Yeah. Anyways, but you want to talk about our new sponsor? We should, I guess. Luke, I feel bad. We're just kind of like talking. We're like leaving you out of this, man. You're the guest. We're supposed to be talking to you. I can jump in anytime I feel like it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, man. How, how right. do you feel about Liquid IV? I believe I have tried it once, and I enjoyed it. So we got reached out to through uh, the broadcasting platform that we use to see if we wanted to take on a sponsorship from Liquid IV. And I said, why not? Uh, it's a very it's different than all of our other sponsorships because uh, it's commission based. So when you use the promo code is when we mm-hmm. see a return from it. Promo codes hustle 10. You get 20 percent off your order at, at liquidiv.com. Now, the ad drop, which no and I don't have done yet. They gave us like a whole like it's like two pages of this is what we want. The, Noah and I have to be the ones to do it. We have to do personal testimonials. Basically, any other podcast you listen to that's sponsored by Liquid IV, they have that drop where they're like Liquid IV, you know, and they go through it. We're going to have to make one of those. But um, I'm still trying to decide where I want to drop it in the episode because I don't want to bore our listeners with a bunch of ads because we've got one, two, three. Now we have four sponsors. I might end up having to listen to an episode of Knife Talk because I know they have a lot of sponsors to see how they do it. Knife Talk, knife talk throws uh, it in basically or, the way you guys do right now, except they, the they're doing okay. live reads generally because they're bouncing between you know Jeff Morocco and Craig. But um, yeah, I think I think we could probably fit in another another ad here. But anyways, back back to Liquid IV. Ryan then messaged me and I was like. He's like, hey, have you ever heard of Liquid AV? I was like, yeah, I drink it all the time. So then he's telling me that we're sponsored by them. I'm like, well, that's freaking great. Because um, for those of you who don't know what Liquid IV is, essentially it's it's a hydration packet that you mix in with your water. So it comes in these little stick packets, and they're super convenient. You can I throw them in my lunch bag pretty much every day. So how it works for me is pretty much ever since I started going to the gym, I've been drinking hydration packets, um, liquid IV, a couple others. Um, obviously I'm just going to do liquid IV by itself now. Um, but liquid IV is great. And essentially it just, it hydrates you twice as good as water. So if you're just drinking a bottle of water, it's basically the equivalent of drinking two bottles of water, except you're only drinking one and it tastes a lot better because water is boring. This is not, um, And so what I'll usually do is I'll drink a pre-workout in the morning. I'll go to the gym. And then right afterwards, I want something that's not water. I don't want to drink a protein shake right away because I'm still kind of, you know, 
I just got out of my workout. So I will drink a liquid IV right after that, get myself hydrated and feeling good because I'm going to work. If I'm going out in the shop in the weekend, um, I'm going to be drinking a liquid IV. If it's hot outside, because it generally is here, uh, especially if I'm forging, you know, I'm, I'm drinking a ton of water in the shop. Well, just drinking one liquid IV is going to help me catch up on that hydration a lot faster. Um, they have different flavors. They've got a new one, Seaberry. I just ordered that one. I really like the watermelon and I really like the oh, passion fruit one. That one's pretty good. But they have other options as well, not just the regular hydration. They have uh, ones that have immune support in them. If you have kids like mine that go to a public school and come home after they've bathed in a Petri dish all day, you know, just get the immune support one. Or they have, uh, they actually have energy ones. So if you want to drink less caffeine, get yourself an energy packet from Liquid IV. Um, but yeah, just go to liquidiv.com or just Google Liquid IV, go onto their website punch in our, our promo code. We really appreciate it. This is a product that at least I have pretty much always, I've, I've used this for years. Um, so I like it. I think you probably will too. So I'm, I, I was excited when, when Ryan told me, cause he actually told me after he had already accepted the sponsorship, <laughs> which is fine. It's fine. I trust Ryan, but it was, it was just funny that it was a product that I already use and I already like, so it worked out well. So it wasn't Weird. without some apprehension. I was a little worried that our listeners would think we were selling out or something like that. Um, and then I decided that if they do feel that way, fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, selling out. It's a, it, no selling out is uh, Noah and I put a lot of effort into this show, and it's like I I want us to see a return on it. So yeah, I took the sponsorship. I'd take on another one too. If Coy Baker was like, hey, I want to sponsor you guys, I'd be like, yeah, we can slide you in. We'll do 45 minutes of ads every episode. <clears throat> I don't know about that. I was on a live earlier. <laughs> I was on a live earlier and I misspelled Coy's name and he corrected me and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I feel no. so bad. Uh, but anyways. I, was I was texting back and forth with Coy because they're coming on the show soon. And uh, my phone ran out of minutes and uh, on his end, it says that I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> so he messaged me on Instagram. He goes, "You blocked me already," and I was like, "Oh no, my phone's not working." Not, my bad. That's hilarious. I would never. I would never block. Yeah, I would never block Koi Baker. Well, and I think just back to your whole like thing about selling out. Like, I think the the listeners can 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 attest to this. I am a shitty liar. I am a a horrible liar. So if I didn't like a product that we were we were plugging, you'd be able to tell in my voice. I, I asked my wife, I can't lie for shit. So um, the fact that I was already using this product before we got sponsored by them tells you, I think everything you need to know about what I say about it. We're, like we need, we need things for the show. We need a board and we need better microphones for both of us. And uh, this is how it's going to happen because so I don't mind talking about business. I don't, does that make you uncomfortable Noah? Yes. Okay, so I won't go into it, but um, yeah, as not all of our sponsorships are monetary. Some of like we trade things sometimes. Um, so like this one will be able to help us get uh, like a board, and then episodes like we did the blade after the after blade blade party, whatever episode with seven guys. The production issues I had won't be a problem with the board. 
because we're not using Zencaster. So if somebody drops out from a bad signal, they just pop back in and it keeps going like nothing ever happened. Um, things like that. And Richie so has one and it makes me jealous and I yeah. kind of want one. So it's all in order to create a better show for you guys. Exactly. I mean, in my opinion, selling out would be, you know, singing the praises of some product that you actually don't care about and don't use. That That's kind of my definition of selling out. So, you know, it's something that you actually yeah, use. Yeah, that's and true. it's something useful. You know, I mean, we just had a mail carrier who died from the heat just recently. I think it was in Texas. And we usually have some, you know, throughout the year that we had one, I think it was last year, that they went to the hospital for a heat stroke and then... They came back to work. They said they weren't feeling well. Supervisor said, yeah, we'll have somebody check on you in an hour. And they did. They checked on them and found them dead in their truck. So. Holy fuck. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, That's scary, but, man. Yeah. And you never know when your time's going to be. So I guess it's not important to worry about what other people feel. But or think of you, but, I guess. Yeah, not. Feel I mean, because, hydration yeah. is huge. So it's like uh, since it's something that people actually need and need to pay attention to i i don't feel that it's selling out especially if it's a product that you feel good about using and stand behind then go for it uh and to put it into perspective so the hustle and grind instagram page only has like 500 and something followers we got to boost those numbers everybody i know we got more listeners than that i see our download numbers but if like all the time if i go into hidden messages or hidden requests there's like lingerie businesses in there and like purse businesses or like I sell ladies shoes. Will you like be a spokesperson and we'll send you shoes. I'm like, I don't want your fucking high heel shoes. Like again, look if good you're going to use them we're not... in your shop and you stand behind them, then it's not selling out. So, you know, you wear that purse to keep your extra belt in and you <laughs> put on them high heels to <laughs> we, uh, give you that we... best, Better angle for grinding on the grinder. Yeah, yeah. we use them for a drift? We make a tomahawk with a pair of like fancy high heel shoes. Oh, actually, if it was made out of the right stuff, that would be a pretty good drift. I mean, you know, like most tomahawks, you, you want it to be wider on the one end, and that's perfect, actually. You should, I hope you didn't delete those messages. You could get a hold of them. Oh, I did. Missed yeah, opportunity. Yeah. Vern, I have a page. I have a page for my puppy. He gets messages all the time about like be a pup ambassador for our he, collars he and all this shit. And I'm like, you don't wear yeah. a collar. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he good, looks he's a good boy. All right. Well, anyways, can't bring up my dog. Should, so I'll fucking go on a tangent. We should, I'll be telling we should everybody go over to an after show. Yeah. I'll be telling everybody how pretty they are. And he's a handsome boy. You saw him earlier on the live. He's oh my good goodness. Boy. What a handsome dog. He's such a good-looking boy. He, he is. is. I I got a good video of him barking earlier. You want to hear it before we go? Because his let's his save wife... that. Let's save that for the after show, so only the Patreon listeners get to listen to his yeah, beautiful you know, voice. Speaking of Patreon <laughs> listeners, were you ever going to use any of those other bumpers again? <laughs> I haven't heard any of those for a while. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Ryan, you're muted. 
Yeah, we're not hearing nothing from you, Ryan. There you go. God are. damn it. <laughs> I muted myself to cough. I took it off the thing because I can only fit so many files, and I was trying to listen to the ones Noah did. Uh, hold on, I'll fly it. Another reason why we need a board. Another reason why we need a board. I can fit 12 tracks on a roadcaster. There's a lot of audio files on my computer. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's loading, 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 loading. We're fucking flea bags. Oh, yes, we are. There's a lot of dead air here. You're bud. listening to the Hustle and Grind podcast, a podcast for all the makers out there hustling and grinding every day to turn their dreams into reality. If you'd like to show your support, you can go to patreon.com backslash hustling grind. And for as little as one dollar a month, you can help us all keep hustling and grinding. And remember, every time H&G gets a new patron, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one out of all the ones you sent. The Kermit one was pretty good, but we were a little bit worried about getting a copyright lawsuit because Disney is like nuts. Well, what so. about the um, I thought you guys really liked the Irish one where he kind of went off at the end. Yeah, the Irish was, one is pretty good, too. That was my good. I, I liked that one. So, yeah, uh, there you go, guys. If you want to become a patron, you can listen to more of this. We're going to go to our after show, which is for patron listeners only. Thank you so much to all of you people who support us through Patreon. Help uh, keep the show going. We love each and every one of you guys. And like Kermit, or I mean, like Luke just said, if you want to become a member, you can go to patreon.com slash hustle and grind. We would love it if you did that. Until yeah. next week. It's not easy hustling and grinding. <laughs> <laughs>